the Sunshine Patriot in a Crisis shrinks from the service of their country. Winter is coming, and we know what is coming with it. No matter your current position on the journey, stay a while. This is where you can find the tools and the fire to continue on your path. Hello, welcome to another episode of Witcher's Call Podcast. I'm Odin. Oh, hi, I'm Tyr. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And then we have Bjorn! Hello. Shit, Bjorn, I think you've been on our podcast more than any of the rest of our guests combined. I'm not going. I'm like that unwelcome house guest that's never leaving. Well, I was. I was gonna say he's kind of like the clap in a whorehouse, but okay. <laughs> never going anywhere. So, so uh, welcome to season five. Woo! Yeah, you realize for that. You realize that we now have a hundred and twenty-three episodes. This makes a hundred and twenty-four episodes that we recorded, not including the lives. Wow. Well, we talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the sad part is, is this literally constitutes 1% of the amount of bullshit fuckery that we do on a daily damn basis. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so for this one, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the church. We're going to talk about hypocrisy. We're going to talk about rage topics because i have some lined up specifically for mr tear and uh we're going to talk about when when enough is a fucking enough i'm there i'm there i've been there but i'm there did you see a video i posted that says attitude change yes i don't think people understand that what that meant exactly as in i don't give a fuck about your feelings at all anymore (laughs) I'm just going to full send it. Don't care. Fair. All right. So let's talk about the topics that are not church related because those have a tendency to go a very long way. How about, all right, let's share this particular one. We're going to share a screen. And this one is going to be on Chrome. And this is, where is it? There we go. Mr. Tear, I will give you the pleasure of reading the title and <clears throat> this particular document. All right, let me put my old man glasses on. Never mind, I'll do it. I got it. Takes it. you forever. <laughs> Which part do you want me to read? The order? The, the first paragraph there? Yeah, yeah, the order. All right. As travelers have been reminded for more than a year, federal law requires wearing a mask in airports, train stations, and other transportation hubs, as well as on airplanes, buses, trains, and other public conveyance in the United States. Failure to comply may result in civil and criminal penalties, including removal from the conveyance. This masking requirement, commonly known as a mask mandate, is a Centers for Disease Control and Prevention regulation published by the Federal Register on February 3rd, 2021. Pardon me. But then they got sued. Yeah, I'll I'll just go faster. 
Ready? I'm not going to read it. I already read it, so I'm going to summarize. Well, I, I'm going to be honest with you just real quick before you give me too much shit. You put it up on the screen, and I, I get it that we can read it, but God dang, that, that font's awful small <laughs> on this side of the screen. So basically what it states is that the court has determined that the mass mandates on trains and airplanes is unconstitutional. Well, no fucking shit. I'm just saying it's a good move in the right direction, though, unfortunately, I'm going to close this, though, unfortunately, I hate to inform people that uh, May 12th, 2022, the world is having another COVID uh, gathering to determine their main cause. Hold on. I, I took a screenshot of it. I can't put it up there, but I took a screenshot of it so I could read it to you, right? That states... Their stated goal <laughs> their stated goal to bring a solution to vaccinate the world for everyone everywhere. Sure sounds like the COVID mandate is going down, right? They can kiss the darkest part of my lily white redneck ass because I ain't getting that shot either way. Though you so, and I were joking about it the other day, I, I think a lot of people are going to find out they got the shot and they didn't realize it. You know, well, I, I, I actually was I was going to go get the flu shot last year, and I got to thinking about it in December, and I was like, you know what? After hearing everybody talk about how many people have gotten a COVID shot instead of the flu shot, I ain't fucking risking it. Well, uh, done. I'm not getting any shots. Well, uh, <laughs> let's hear from a mainstream media host who sat here and talked about this couple of days ago. Tucker! Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson's site. Happy Monday. The first mass quarantine in human history began in the central Chinese city of Wuhan. That was back in the beginning of 2020. Within days, pictures and videos of what was happening there began to appear on English language social media. And at the time, the images were shocking to everyone in the West. And now <laughs> China had effectively imprisoned 11 million people simultaneously. The citizens of Wuhan were confined by government order to their apartments. And those who tried to leave sometimes found themselves welded inside. Some of them starved to death. Authorities in hazmat suits dragged screaming citizens into vans and then drove them to internment camps. Watching this, you could barely believe it. China this is why people insane, had problem believing the new ones from Shanghai single day. was because so they sit here and they look so similar. His government itself helped create. Looking back, it all seems like a bad dream. Hey, COVID look, they're all wearing white hats. The virus no longer constitutes a public health crisis in this or any other country. <laughs> and it's clear in retrospect that government lockdowns, whatever their motives, in the end hurt far more people than COVID itself did. The much touted vaccines, meanwhile, provided nowhere near the protection the drug companies had promised, and at the same time came with significant risks that even now have not been openly discussed. So it I would like to discuss that main point because a study just came out today from uh, a research lab in UK, right? that said that natural immunity is 25 times more effective than the vaccine. Mm -hmm. That we all knew that, but why are they admitting it? Why it are they... Matter. No, no, no. Think about this. Why are they admitting that they were stupid 
Because if they're willing to admit they're stupid, that means that the truth is way more disturbing. Yeah. Well, I'd like to point out that he makes a statement there. He says uh, that the lockdowns affected people more. Like, did you see how high the spike in suicides was over the last year? The fact that we sit here and we have to tell people that the number one killer of five through 17 year olds is suicide in New Zealand because they fired their wizard. No, I'm just kidding. But they sit here and. Uh, well, no, no, they, no. You think we're joking. There actually was a state sponsored wizard in New Zealand. He got fired. Corona hit. I'm just saying it might be connected. Oh, wow. Well, you know, we talk about the lockdowns being worse on people. Look at everything that everyone had affected, right? The elderly. The elderly not who lived on their own and who were in nursing homes, especially here in New York. It might as well have been Auschwitz. They were fucking dying. You know what I mean? Um, mentally ill people, people, uh, uh, people suffering from addiction, uh, mental illness, uh, also, people who are being monitored by the courts, probation and parolees, look at what it did to society as a whole. Like, just those, those category of people. Older people were dying left and right and being left, you know, to die. Um, it, the lockdowns did a tremendous amount of damage and actually just really incited more fear. Yes. <clears throat> I'm so let's I'm, see. Oh, go ahead. You made that comment, Marcus. I think one of the first episodes you were on, we were discussing that that worker, the the construction worker up in Canada. When he walked into the, the convenience store to get something and he didn't have a mask and the little girl walked up to him and was like, and ran back to, his, to her mom and drug over and said, see, no mask, no mask. And then he, she just walks up to this stranger she doesn't know and goes, I like your face. The sheer amount of mental trauma that we have given the next generation is going to haunt us. Yeah. Yes. So, all right, let's see what else Tucker has to say. He's so full of good news. At this point, knowing all this, as everybody does, countries all over the world are lifting their coronavirus restrictions. Next will come the apologies, and then, in the free countries at least, lawsuits and criminal charges against the people who did this. Never so happened. We're just beginning to reckon with the nightmare that all of us have lived through. I disagree with him. They're never going to see justice. Again. But in China, they are living through it again. The government of China has just completely shut down the city of Shanghai. Shanghai is the biggest city in the country. It's one of the largest cities in the world. More than 25 million people live in Shanghai. And the lockdown there is, by all accounts, more brutal and more far-reaching than anything we saw in Wuhan two years ago. Now, we have videos that we're not allowed to play on TikTok, on YouTube. I mean, we could play them on the podcast, but unless you speak Mandarin Chinese and we describe to you every detail, it's not going to cover it. There's only one of those videos that, I'm going to be honest with you, it takes a lot to get under my skin. But that video that you have, uh, the one that's at night and you can hear everyone screaming, 
Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we played that one on this. Yeah, I was gonna say, but that that has haunted me ever since. That has been in the back of my. When you realize that the second part of that video is a is a Chinese drone that flies up to the old man and tells him to go into his house, and that his soul must must or he must. What was it? He must suppress his soul's desire for freedom. Is what they're telling them. Or the one where they sit here and they're they're yelling at a woman and her grandparents say when she says we did nothing wrong, you reported it on social media. Do you not understand that we're at war with the United States? That's what the worker says. They started they started attacking them. Yeah. Yep. We're at war with the United States and the only ones that can help you now is the the Chinese party. Just let that sink in. Watch. Well, if you think Wuhan 2020 was bad, welcome to Shanghai 2022. This has been like no other lockdown and it's in the country's cosmopolitan and most affluent financial hub of all places. So this door behind me, this is my exit to the outside alleyway. And late last night, I heard them taping up my door along with the doors of my neighbors. They're placing a paper seal so as to keep it closed. Some buildings with positive cases inside, well, they're locked shut from the outside. They're using bicycle locks and padlocks just to keep people in. Or welding them. CNN is not exaggerating. You have 25 million people locked inside their homes. You have the largest prison camp in human history. Anyone who tests positive for COVID is shoved into a van and then taken to a quarantine camp. Watch it happen to this child. To the child. Look at that. So where are those vans going? Well, here are pictures of a quarantine camp in China. The child you just saw may be there now. Many thousands of Chinese citizens are. At this camp, mattresses are strewn on the floor of cells. There's no water. There's just one shared toilet. Just days ago, the inmates you see here were living ordinary lives in their own homes. Now they're in prison. What happened to the lives they left behind? What happened to the dogs and cats they left at home? Well, chances are Chinese police. Yes. Now, uh, didn't you tell me the other day that uh, when we were talking about this, and I had Freya, you may want to go ahead and just ignore the next few seconds of this, but that they had actually left the baby? Yes, the, the, the mother and father had both tested positive, and they left the newborn in the apartment because the newborn didn't test positive. Basically, they just sentenced that infant to death. Fucking savages, bro. Uh, I hate to tell you this, Bjorn, but it's coming here. No, I, I know, I know. It's just, it's fucking. It's barbaric, though, right? Yeah, this is one of those things that you sit there and you go, "I thought we were in the twenty-first fucking century." Yeah. But, you know, in the United States, the number one story that everybody wants to talk about is do not say gay, Bill, and transgenders. And I understand Hunter Biden's laptop is important because it means that the president is a traitor. 
Right. I understand the importance of that one. But at this particular point in time, does it fucking matter? Nobody They're not going to unseat him. Yeah. The Republicans have to take power. Then they mysteriously have to grow a set of balls they didn't have fucking for the last two decades minimum. Right. They're not going to do shit. You and the next story the that comes along is just going to sweep that one under the rug. This, there are 25 million people that are going to get starved to death. Yeah, but I mean, I know that they can't see it uh, on this, and, and maybe you can put a link up to it or something, but th- that looks a lot like some of the open prison formats that I have seen. You are correct. It looks like a uh, just a massive pod. What's really disturbing is what we'll never actually know, too, is the functionality and accuracy of their testing, either if they're actually positive tests or if they're just weeding out their There's no test weeding that, out their society. Yeah, well, they, they even admitted it. There's no test that actually shows you for the Delta variant or any of the other variants. Mm-hmm. And the one they have for the original COVID pops positive for the flu and the cold as well. Yeah. And well, once saying. you get do- there, once you get there, they never retest you to see if you're cured. You're just that, that's what they're talking about. You're just you're there. there for an indefinite amount of time. Yes. Welcome to the Patriot Act when it gets implemented in the United States. All right, let's continue. Beat those dogs and cats to death on the street. That's happening tonight all over Shanghai. A mass slaughter of pets. Now, we hesitate even to show this to you. It's too horrible. But it's also real, and we thought you should know. The uh, COVID prevention worker was caught on camera bashing to death a pet corgi. Apparently, this happened after the pet's owner had tested reportedly positive for COVID-19 and taken away to a quarantine center. It was a resident in the compound who filmed this video and filmed how this health worker used a shovel to strike the corgi three times before the pet dog died on the scene. A corgi was beaten to death with a shovel in China that's COVID protection. The Chinese government has also confiscated some huge but unknown number of house cats from people's homes, Chicken. thrown them in bags, and left them on sidewalks to be killed. Again, it's a, it was a... Okay. Now... Again, Freya, jump forward some time. I grew up on uh, a farm, and I had a great aunt that when they had too many of the barn cats, they would put them in bags like that and then throw them in the river. Or put them in a five-gallon bucket full of water and cap the top. The bag is just to keep them together so they can't run away. Now, I'm not saying that that's what's happening there. But they did say that they were going to kill the cats. That is probably how they're doing it. Well, think about it. You even showed that video that we had to tell everybody to, where they were beating the dog with the the six foot poles. While they were laughing, yes. Yeah. Oh. oh I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to. So angry. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say something, and you can people can call me extreme or not, but I don't give a damn if it's COVID or not. If I see you beating an animal like that, I will beat you to death. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn. Fair. All right. Continuing. Uh, Tough judgment call whether or not to put that on the air, 
but it's real, and you should know exactly what the authorities are talking about when they say the Chinese government is responding to COVID. There are videos like that one all over social media. So the Chinese government isn't denying this is real, and it's not apologizing. Lang Wanyan is a spokesman for China's National Health Commission. Effectively, he is China's Tony Fauci. He recently gave an interview to the state, <coughs> excuse me, the state-run newspaper, The People's Daily, and explained the government's thinking here. Quote, China adheres to COVID zero, he said. China's socialist system has a strong ability to organize and mobilize, which will help it ensure the success of the COVID zero strategy. So the Chinese government certainly has the capacity to mobilize, but what does success look like? Well, this is what success is in Shanghai tonight. This is video shot by a resident Here you of go. Shanghai's countless apartment towers. Here's the what one that haunted you. This video are the screams of the people trapped inside. They're welded into their Has houses. Has there ever been a clearer picture of what hell is like? 25 million people imprisoned in concrete apartment blocks, screaming for help and slowly starving. In the words of a Western journalist called Jeff Groleman, who was apparently stuck in Shanghai, quote, this is the biggest, richest, most international city in China, and people are starving without medicine, without freedom. Parents are separated from their children, the military is on the streets, and Shanghai's optimism has ground to a halt. But it's worse than that. Some in Shanghai are so desperate they are crying out for food. Watch. And people are complaining that stores have run out of food and it's nearly impossible to schedule deliveries because couriers can't keep up with the demand. One man in Shanghai documenting the shortages on Twitter says, we had three deliveries that were booked to deliver today. All three were canceled. On social media, videos not verified by NBC News described as protests by people desperate to get food and medicine. Store shelves cleared out. This man on the street yelling, what am I supposed to buy? What am I supposed to eat? In some areas, drones telling people to stay home. Control your soul's desire for freedom, it says. And in this video, the residents yell at the police at one point. They say, we are starving. We are starving, they scream at stony-faced police as drones overhead tell them to stop longing for freedom. This is, again, the richest city in China, and you never thought you'd see anything like this. So the question is, what is going on here? Obviously, it's not about COVID. Let's stop pretending. Shanghai does not have a COVID crisis. Even if Shanghai did have a COVID crisis, we know perfectly well from recent experience, this is not the way to handle a COVID crisis. So... He just keeps going on, so we're not going to listen to all of it. But I, I want you to understand what is going on. And it, it it's important because there is a time for action. There is a time <clears throat> where you need to resist your government. But and before it hits that point. Yes. The like okay, I put a video up and I'm I'm gonna play it here where it talks about violence, right? And the number one comment I get is violence is always the last resort. To which I reply, no. Subservience and slavery is the last resort, is your last option. Because if you don't act in a judicial enough time, you know, a a uh if you don't have enough discernment to understand that once you get past that point, what is it that you say all the time? Your pronouns become what? 
oh, you're going to sit there and wait until your pronouns were was and were. Exactly. So we are going to uh, listen to another uh, a little video. This is the one I put on TikTok that uh, talks about violence because I get tired of people saying that violence is the last resort, that you can't do violence, that, you know, uh, if you're a Christian, you love everybody. So allow me to use somebody who is a theologian, and he has a website called defytyrants.com. Right, talks about the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, and this is these are his views on it. The speech is much longer. I just cut out the the important parts because I get tired of of people saying, "Well, if you're Christian, if you're conservative, you don't want to be violent because you know if you're violent, you fall in the head of the Marxists." And I get tired of hearing it. I get tired you know, of hearing. I, I want to say this to every single one of those because I got you know, someone mentioned that to me earlier. And I told them, I was like, do you not realize how our nation was fucking founded? How we got our fucking freedoms to begin with? It's because a group of violent men got together and said, you know what? Here's the fucking line. Cross it. So I'm going to play the video. Maketh man. Do you know what that means? Then let me teach you a lesson. One thing I want to address with you, because I've heard it over and over again by conservatives, by Christians, by opportunist leftists, is this little slogan that says, violence is always wrong. That is absolutely not true. Violence is not always wrong. Violence is actually a tool. And as a tool, it can be used for good or it can be used for evil. It is not always wrong. Another thing that I've heard is that if you engage in any kind of violence, even the most tepid matter of it, then you're like a, a Marxist. You're, you're a Marxist. You're behaving like a Marxist because you used violence. That's absolutely not true at all. I'm, I'm left thinking when I hear this from people, have they ever considered our own founding fathers here in America? I think a lot of people have kind of this sanitized view of America's founding where there was no violence. But the truth of the matter is there were many acts of violence by America's founders prior to the war ever beginning. If you look at the Stamp Act, massive amounts of violence associated with that over months of time. When you look at the Boston Tea Party, you know, and a hundred other examples. So to tell someone that if you engage in violence, you're just like the Marxists, is not true. And Christian men have understood this down to the ages. When you read the writings of the early churchmen, they wrote about just wars. Christian men have always viewed pacifism as a heresy because it is. And the reason this little slogan of violence is always wrong, it's any footing here in America in our day, is because we're a weak, effeminate, pathetic, wealth drunk, materialistic, driven society that's soft and full of ease. Are we going to stand around here all day or are we going to fight? And we have an evil government. The federal beast has been lawless and outside the constitutional restraints for decades already. And they're about to unleash hell on this nation. Sorry about that. Needed to let off a little steam. One thing I just kind of disagree with, okay? is that people want to deny the violence of our ancestors and how we gained our independence and freedom. I don't believe they deny it. They want to fucking erase it. They've been erasing it. And they've been, they, they woke up thinking that they have these rights and privileges and that their fucking feelings matter uh, just because they woke up breathing air. You know what I mean? It, it's, 
it's being it's being erased and rewritten to fit a narrative. And what is it, it that you like manic. to say, Pops? Uh, it's uh, we've infantilized our adults and sexualized our children. Yes, that's what's happened. I mean, the the easiest way to control any any group of people, any nation, is to make your men effeminate, and they will no longer fight. You neuter them. Well, Think about what we've done for the last 20, 30 years where we've talked about toxic masculinity. We've erased everything it meant to be a man. Well, not only that, but we sit here and we have a marshmallow church. You know, everybody wants to be sweet and squishy. And, you know, the church, by its teachings, you know, in the Bible, and people people get can get it twisted. The church is not fucking building. And the church is not the religion it's the faith and the difference between the two is a religion is your denomination and it's by man your faith is your fucking book your textbook and it tells you that the truth is offensive it tells you that you need to fucking stand up for what you believe in it tells you that you sit here and you have to put on armor because god is a war god not this lovely hippie christian bullshit that sits here oh i wait 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 that reminds me. We get to see here and cover a news story first. I'm not playing that other one. I don't care. The one that was the lord of the they, them pronoun person. Oh, I'm not doing that one again. But uh, so let's do this one. For all you Catholics out there, please care to explain. We are racist. Pope Francis goes woke in Good Friday message, accusing the West of racism and describing Jesus as a refugee. Accuses the West of racism on Good Friday. During the interview, uh, the Pope was asked if prejudice towards the war victims who flee from other parts of the world or will refugees be subdivided into the characteristics of being an annoyance. It's true, refugees are, this is what he says, refugees are subdivided, there's first class, second class skin color if they come from a developed country or one that's not developed. We are racist, we are racist, and this is bad. The problem of the refugees is a problem that Jesus suffered too because he was a migrant and refugee in Egypt when he was a child to escape death. Yep. I mean, that's an overly bastardized way to look at it. Well... When you have, you know, the, the Bible tells us that uh, my, my people will perish for a lack of knowledge. We have a church that's squishy and wants to sit here and talk about the true love of Jesus Christ, which is apparently uh, tolerance and diversity, which is the farthest thing from his teaching. Well, I always laugh because they say that because you'll make a comment about uh They'll, they'll be talking about the, the new age, love this, love thy neighbor, all that happy horse shit. And you go, well, what about the Old Testament guy? Well, that was different. I'm like, Jesus braided a fucking whip and drove the, the money changers out of the temple. You're going to tell me that that was peaceful? That he's not a god of, here's a line, don't cross it. When you cross that line, there are fucking consequences. Well, not only that, but it sits here and it says, when he came... Right, the first time that he came, it was because he was bringing 
uh, the ability to rekindle the relationship between man and God. And people say, well, that's the New Testament. It's the New Covenant, which means that uh, we're, you know, we're supposed to be loving and follow the, the docile Jesus, which docile or passive is the least correct adjective that I could sit here and describe Jesus Christ with. However, those same people that claim to be under the New Test, uh, under the New Covenant, seem to forget the Book of Revelations, or the words of Jesus. You know, the ones in red that are supposed to be the most important. When he says, "I did not come, I came to divide. I came with the to divide, right? I did not come the, to bring peace. I came with uh, I, I came with a sword. Is that how it is? Yeah, I sit here and I came to divide." So that should tell you that the truth is offensive, right? That that should tell you that he came to divide those that were called, those that listened to the call, I should say, and separate them from the world. But in the book of Revelations, it talks about the son of a bitch coming back clothed in lightning and carrying a sword. So, you know... <laughs> Well, now, I'm younger than both of you, and I do not have the pleasure of being an active parent, right? But it seems to me that people that have that whole ideology of you must love, we must love, there's, you know, be nice, coddle them, all that happy horse shit, have forgotten what it means to be a parent. Because just because I love someone doesn't mean that I will not, that they they are free of all consequence. You can love someone and still... I I have a saying... And I use it on Reaper all the time when he says, you know, when I ask him if we hurt his feelings and I at, at, in private conversations. Right. And I always tell him the same thing. I said, it's kind of like God. Right. God will never harm you, but he will hurt you. For example, if your child does something wrong, you discipline that child. Right. One of the greatest gifts that we are given is when we are disciplined by God. Because it sits here and it tells us, hey, we done fucked up, but he loves us enough that he cares about us to sit here and discipline us. Your child who reaches for a hot plate, right, or reaches to do something that's dangerous, right, if you don't sit here and intervene and publish and punish that child, when you're not as observant and that child walks into traffic and gets hit or burns his hand seriously because he wasn't paying attention because you would rather sit here and put him in timeout or you would rather sit here and take away his phone or instead of actually disciplining your child. There is a reason that it talks about, you know, spare the, you know, spare the rod, right? <laughs> spare the rod, spoil the child. And we're looking at it right now. I mean, think of how many entitled, selfish, fucking brats that we have running around. And these are the people that are voting. These are people that are making decisions. These are the people that are rioting and looting because they've never been actually disciplined. Well, look at what happened. We had people who grew up with discipline in their life. Uh, you know, they went through the depression. They went through World War II. And they were they knew what discipline was. That you had to sit here and act a certain way and do certain things, right, to survive. And then you had the hippie generation who were the children of the stricter generation. You're like, I'm never going to do what my, what my parents did to me. So they didn't discipline their kids at all. 
Somewhere in there you have Gen X that ran around fucking chaos theory that were the older siblings corrupting all of the millennials that came after them. So now you have the millennials who grew up with parents who didn't give a fuck about them, right? That sit here and their parents didn't care about them. They wanted all that free love and they didn't want to be as strict as their parents were going to be. Right. And so they ran around and not only that, but they were psychologically damaged by their older siblings. You're welcome. And <laughs> are you, are you, is your generation why I'm such a jaded asshole? Mm-hmm. Okay. Not fair. Don't, give, don't give them an out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Unlike most people, I appreciate that though. No. Yeah, he owns that, that shit. Well, not only do I own that shit, but that it, it made me to where I could understand what's going on and I could protect myself. I turn around and look at a lot of people my generation and younger, and I said they go, You all have been coddled so much that any inconvenience, you stub your fucking toe and you're crying on the ground wanting to go to the fucking ER. Well, you know what the sad part about this conversation is, Chum, is that you and Freya are basically unicorns right now like 30 year olds who are self-sufficient take care of themselves and don't rely on others it, you know we're also what you left out there pop is the generation of children children's children younger kids are having kids and yeah they're raising them without a fuck do you know that a standard generation used to be 40 years what is it now it's 15? like it's it's like 20 years Okay, I, that, I, that's why people have problem di different. You know, after you get past Gen X, right? Like nineteen, it used to be that Gen X stopped in August of nineteen seventy-eight, but then they redefined what generations were. So now it's like nineteen eighty, but people are like, I don't want to be a fucking millennial, so they kind of like pushed it to nineteen eighty-two <laughs> and bullshit, right? <laughs> but then you have a division of every twenty years is a new generational name. It didn't used to be that way. It used to be 40 years. Well, let me tell you something. This is going to... I have a friend who is 31, right? And he's so confusing for me, okay? Because I, I, I wouldn't... Okay. She's 31, and she's a grandmother. What? Yeah! <laughs> and That's what I said. to be a great-grandmother. Look, I am, I am 45, Right. My oldest son is older than Balder. So I'm still not ready to be a fucking grandfather. So but I think about that, though, for a second, though. She's 31 and she's a grandmother. Working where I worked in New York City, I was dealing with a lot of 15 year old parents. And I'm not talking about like. Oh, I have one kid talking about three kids, three different uh, mothers. Um, so 30 year old grandparents and, you know, 45 year old great grandparents. I'm, I'm not joking. Like it, it is not uncommon. And, uh, you know, and it's not just, you know, prevalent in that area. It, it's not in, in those right. areas in the city. But, you know, you, again, you have kids raising kids without a fuck to be given by anybody involved. And, you know, you get caught up in this entitlement web of, well, 
I'm here. I deserve this. And I just had a kid. So now my kid deserves this. And, and like, without having to go out there and make their own way and figure it out. And I'm not saying that everybody does that. You know, I know I personally grew up, I mean, with this kid, I remember him and his twin sister, we were in school together and their parents were young. I mean, they had them young at, in high school and their parent and the father started a business. They got married, they were together. They took care. I mean, when I, when I say young, like you would think when you saw the mom, um, you would think she was in high school herself, you know, but they worked for everything and they busted their ass and they took care of the kids and they raised their kids. And they were, it was like, you know, they didn't rely on everybody else, which I mean, everybody gets help and there's nothing wrong with a little bit of help, but it's the reliant on that help. And it's, and it's the expectation of that help, you know, sure. right now, you know, the greatest, the greatest generation, like you said, right. World war two, the depression, depression era people, it was survival. My grandmother was a depression baby, and she never threw anything away. Anything. They grew up in some hard fucking times. And when they sit here and they're like, don't throw that away. And it makes me so mad. I mean, I've been a prepper for over 20 years now, right? But I never took the knowledge that my grandmother could have offered to share. Because by the time I decided that I was going to be a prepper, she already passed away. Right? And it's like... I'm going to be honest. My grandparents, I thought they were nuts. I did for the longest time. Right? They canned everything. I still think my grandfather is nuts just for the simple fact he liked to eat the chocolate-covered graham crackers with uh, buttermilk. That's just disgusting. Anyway, though, like they, they kept everything. He always had all these little things, all these books. And it wasn't until I hit about 12 or 13 and I started reading through some of the books and I read was reading through history, I realized, holy shit. Right? They came from nothing. They built themselves up and they refused. But, you know, they would claw to make sure they were never in that situation again. And that kind of hunger is what's missing. And so, there was no help to be had. Right. There was no, and, there was no and help to be there, had. And economic or people who deal with economics right now, they're already talking about a, a deep recession, possibly a, another Great Depression within the next year. But all of that aside, we're... Uh, I know we kind of went off into the weeds talking about the generational thing. We need to talk about the decay, the the lack of human life, the lack of or the attack on innocence. And the people that were supposed to protect it are asleep at the fucking wheel, whether it be the church, whether it be the parents, whether it be the communities that were supposed to care about their children. We're going to talk about one story, I'm going to play you a video because people sit here and are DMing me, asking me if the story that I'm talking about is real. So we're going to play the video and then I'm going to bring up the story. Ready for this? Boarded babies being burned and then used for electricity. I hope they are. You know what? I fucking hope so. I hope so. I sure hope so. I don't know. I hope so. 
<laughs> oh god, I hope so. I can just imagine the fucking snowflakes with that one. <laughs> oh no, I just eat mine straight from the can. I don't think we should be asking, are they being burned and used for electricity? I think we should be asking, why aren't they being burned and used for electricity? And burn them. Ooh, sustainable energy. I love the advocacy. We should try it. There are varying degrees of evil. We are two lesser forms of filth. Not to push the bounds and cross over. It's a true corruption to our domain but if you do one day you will look behind you and you will see we three and on that day you will rip it and we will send you to whatever god you wish you so, want to see the face of evil oh good you want to see the face of evil you need to go to pops and tiktok and watch that video and look at these people's faces as they say it makes me angry it makes me angry in a way that... So people ask me if it's true. Allow me to read you the headline that came out April 5th, 2022. Curtis Bay Energy is accused of burning aborted baby bodies for electricity. Uh, the uh, press conference was held regarding the recovery of five aborted children in the Washington Surgery Center on abortion facility owned and operated by abortionists. Santagello in Washington, D.C. That's the one you all know, right? Right? The, the five babies' bodies, mm -hmm. right? However, they also said that they were given a box of medical waste containing the remains of aborted children by Curtis Bay Energy Driver, which is allegedly being done with Curtis Bay Energy's so-called medical waste is truly disturbing. Uh, they stated that Curtis Bay Energy is burning the bodies of aborted babies along with other medical waste to create energy for Baltimore, Maryland. This means tragically that they receive, transfer, and burn the corpses of aborted babies to make electricity for the households and businesses of the Baltimore area. If you live in the Baltimore area, you must know that aborted babies have been burned to keep your lights on and your house warm. We call on Curtis Bay Energy to end this barbaric practice. However, this is not new in the United States. It's not new anywhere in the world. Uh, in the United Kingdom, the bodies of thousands of miscarried and aborted babies were burned and then used to heat British hospitals. Similar practices can be found taking place in British Columbia, in Canada, and in Oregon. This is a routine practice around the world. They are burning the bodies of aborted fetuses for energy. So when people ask me, is this a real story? Yes. Yes, it is. And you wonder... You wonder why people question so many different things in society. Pops. What? I crave violence. Mm -hmm. So, when do we take up arms? This has become a society of every man for himself. 
There, there's no defense of the weak, the child, you know, the, the disabled. There's no defense. And the people that should be defending them have failed. I, I'm debating yeah. if I want to throw in my my attack on the Christian one before we go to the when do we take up arms one. But I'm I'm not exactly sure if it's appropriate to keep beating on the church because they're not the only ones who should have taken a stand. That's true, but what I don't well, this is the danger of a morally ambiguous society. Yeah, and it's the moral am, am, ambiguity. Yeah. The moral somebody am- forgot his somebody forgot his ginkgo tonight. It's okay. We understand. <laughs> I get you a, a lifetime supply. I have a problem with that particular word. Thank you very much. Moral <laughs> ambiguity. It's like the word asked. That's what I said. I need to ask you a question. <laughs> All right, so with that, let's go watch the video, shall we? But no, people say specifically because because the church would rather be popular, increase their numbers to make them see more mainstream. I think that the greatest thing that could happen to the church is for it to get more radicalized and defend people so that the weak ones fucking leave and they can stand on the principles that they actually believe on. But I have a little speech from uh, Paul Washer. I will rain hell down upon Not this part, this is me. Is dead, <laughs> I'm really, really good at raining down hell. I want people to think that Paul Washer is talking about raining down hell. The conservative preachers that are the problem in this country. It's the leaders in Christianity that are the problem in this country. And we've got to understand this. You're like the ugly girl at the county dance who stands there at the wall. Anybody looks at us, any politicians mentions God. We run to them and dance. This was my big problem with the issue with Trump was that you had all these up. Ep- you had all these evangelicals who claimed that they could sit here and see into the future. God told them that Trump would win another four years in a row, not like split in a row and that he was chosen by God and that he would do all of these things. And 2020 should have been the year that people looked at the church and went, y'all are fucked up. You sit here and you gave prophecies in the beginning of the year saying that God talked to you. You didn't say anything about the COVID. You know, I think that's pretty fucking a big event. And you didn't, and you predicted that Trump would win. You had a 50-50 shot and you still screwed it up. (laughs) I, I like to call 2020, the reason that Biden got in office was 2020 was God's year to say, why are you fucking listening to the false prophets? Fine. Everything that they predicted, I'm going to go opposite of. Anyone who walks an aisle, we declare them born again. Do we really have such a puny view of the gospel? Are we really so ignorant? All these evangelists, whether they're Baptist or whatever kind of evangelist, they go and they preach. And a hundred people get saved in a small town. The only problem is none of them come to church on Sunday. But the evangelist goes right down to the next church and says a hundred people got saved last week. Everybody's been converted. Everybody's saved. Nobody's changed. Why? Because of us. 
Why is it that some people in the church are concerned for holiness and other people could care less? Why is it that some can live in rampant sin and not have a second thought or a word from God about discipline while others fear God? Because one group got saved and the other didn't. Your problem is you think just because they went through that little evangelical hoop jump of yours that they're all saved. They're not. The name of God is blasphemed among the unbelieving world because of our converts. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians. Who acknowledge you with their lips and walk out the door and deny with their lips. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. If the truth kills them, let them die. Die. I figure I would just poke and prod everybody on Easter so they could remember the fucking sacrifice that you're happy to see her run around and say, he is risen, he is risen. But when it sits here and it goes, there's all of this evil happening in the country. When the fuck are you going to rise? And with that, I want to sit here and share a video. And it's the same Defy Tyrant guys. It, it, it's an interview he did. I think you'll find this interesting because the question is, when do we take up arms? Do, 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 do. I got to be faster at this. I need one of those podcast boards. Certainly our government in Washington, D.C. has been trampling the Constitution and acted unlawfully for, for a long, long time. At what point does that require action? I think that's a very difficult question. And it does have to be something that I think God directs us towards. You know, we, we have to be willing to put up with a, a lot of abuses, you know, as the Declaration of Independence speaks to, a long train of abuses and usurpations. I think that right now we are at a place where folks that think the way we do haven't really done the work locally. They're just now really beginning to refocus away from national politics and starting to think about doing the work locally, politically. So I think there are still a tremendous amount of opportunity for us to redress our grievances through the political process that, that we need to first exhaust before we start thinking about an appropriate time to use force. The times we're living in are not times where you can have hotheads or guys who, who lack discernment and who are just itching for a fight. But I would say if we're not training now, be ill-equipped when that time does come. So I think it's important. That's, again, what the purpose of the Second Amendment was, a well-regulated military, that, that common citizens would be training on a regular basis together so that should any threat arise, that they were, were prepared to deal with that threat, while also at the same time working through the political process, working to engage the culture, working to change hearts and minds through the culture, and, and trying to win politically at the local level. And I think we really haven't even put significant effort into that. And so I think now a lot of different people got us really moving the hearts of a lot of people that direction to start focusing on the local political situation. And, and so we'll see what that brings. So we're not talking about things to be taken lightly. We're not talking about things to puff our chests out. We're talking about the very real possible reality that we have to take up arms against our own tyrannical government. And are we prepared to do it and win? So, where'd Marcus go? Um, the baby is sick. Ah, he he had right. one of them uh, parental obligations. I get you. I'm the wrong one to ask about this particular question, though, because I don't think he takes a hard enough stance. I, I agree with you. 
I think we crossed that line. I agree with you. Years ago. But but I can I can play that video and not worry about the people coming to knock on my door versus what we really want to say, which is I will die on my feet before I live a second on my knees. Yep, fair. No, I don't know. I mean, no, 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 no. I'm talking about uh, the best time to take over your government was yesterday. The second best time is fucking today. The worst time is tomorrow because tomorrow never comes. Correct. It is those statements that will get us in the most trouble. Hey, fuck it. We're already on a number of lists. I mean, I'm trying to catch up to you at this point for the number of lists. Oh, you you can thank Loki for putting me on more lists. Yeah, the whole human stew thing. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you that that the, the, the breakdown of the caloric value of the human body threw me for a loop. <laughs> Dude, he keeps sending them to me. I think it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I think it's funny that my son has enough of a survival mindset that if it means I have to eat my neighbors to stay alive, so fucking be it. But you know that mindset's lost, though. See, that's the problem. We have we have put off. We have put off. We have put off. We have saved for tomorrow what we should have done yesterday. We have decided to to wait until the absolute second before we hit the goddamn dirt to pull our parachute. And that's how we're in a situation we are now. Because they have pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And we've stopped them, but we never gained ground back. I'm looking for the... Okay, I found the video that I was looking for. The the lady that got put under arrest. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Now, it's in Chinese, so as soon as I get it to finish downloading. Do, 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 do. Well, I can hear it, but I can't see it. Hold on. Technical difficulties. Thank you for calling technical support. Hold on. It's downloading right now. (laughs) All right, here we go. So I'm going to mute it. So we, or I'm going to pause it so we can read it. Because it's in Chinese and Alright, so it said Lady under arrest Hold on, I'm going to turn the volume down So, Alright, lady under arrest Why are you arresting me? Policeman in the white suit says All you can do is stay calm I am telling you that it's not caused by us police So the fact that she's being arrested And harassed and beaten is not because of the police. All of these are caused by the current international situation. Wait, that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. I was just, she's trying to deny it. He says, if you are causing more trouble, our country, China, will have no hope. We are about to have war against the U.S. Do you not understand? Why are you behaving like this? Why are you troubling us? 
We didn't. We didn't. No hope. We have no hope, but we have no option. Now only CCP can save China. Does that not just ring awfully eerily similar to the Gestapo and the Stasi? Oh, it doesn't even have to go that far back in the past. We could go back last week to the United States government when they said, it's not our fault inflation is high. It's Putin's fault. The gas prices, it's Putin's fault. We're at war with Russia. By the way, the U.S. and Russia are now threatening each other with nuclear attack. Yeah. You know, the U.S. uh, as a government, as a country, is a lot like that individual on TikTok, the drunk. They understand that there's a problem. They understand they got caught doing something they weren't supposed to be doing, but they're going to blame everyone else besides the actual cause of the problem. And because of that, nothing will ever change until you make them uncomfortable. Until you force them out of their zone. So they either have to change or they're gone. But I don't think there's enough Americans that have that same mindset to actually cor- do a course correction. They're, they, the only option at this point is a national divorce. Yeah. I hate to say that because you and I have both been, you know, we're not, we're not on that whole radical side. We weren't on that whole radical side, but it's, it's fast becoming to the point where if you believe in America, you believe in our rights and our freedoms, our, our liberties, you're going to have to make a, Make a choice, take a stand. Because we're on the verge of America ceasing to exist as we know it. Do you wait until you're just about to hit that 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 rock bottom before you pull the parachute? Or are you going to you know scrape and claw all the way down? Fair. My ideology is I plan on leaving this world the, the same way I came into it. Kicking, screaming, and covered in somebody else's blood. Fair. Now, I'll tell you what, though, that video uh, with the, the Chinese people screaming in the, the towers, that is a haunting sound. Because you, when, especially when you realize, like, by itself, if you don't know a whole lot, it's disturbing. But when would you add that to the videos that we've been watching and the different news reports and things that we've been reading trying to keep up, you realize that they're welded into their apartment buildings? They don't yep. have food. They don't have. You showed a picture. We laughed about it. We called it, you know, redneckanizing. But they, the, the guy that used a drone to catch a fucking fish. Yeah. So that he wouldn't boy. starve to death. Yeah. And I'm like, um, hold man's... on. It gets deeper. Yeah. Hold on. Listen. And on Friday at the G7, we will decide effectively who lives and who dies, who is to be vaccinated and is therefore safe, and who is not to be vaccinated and therefore is at risk. We will decide effectively who lives and who dies. Yeah, I'll be goddamned. Just saying, I thought it was interesting that, you know. He said the quiet part out loud? Yeah. It's never been about safety. It's always been about control. And I wish we could wake the people up, but at this point, I don't. I, I I can't. I can't be bothered to wake people up anymore. I can. I can only hope to help those that are awake survive what's coming. 
But it's the picture. Hold on. I don't think I ever sent it. But I have a picture that reminds me when... Oh, because let's face it. Everybody sits here and goes, Oh, it's that fucking book again. Right? Or, <laughs> oh, it's the book. Or, oh, shit. Please close the book. Right? That when people give me crap, right? And say, you're just doom scrolling. Or, why do you focus on the negative stuff? I have a picture. I need to see if I can find it on here. I have I have put a lot of shit on my phone recently <laughs> for the different uh, different episodes, different podcasts, different videos. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's my mother asked me. She goes, "Why? You know, you're you're very jaded. You didn't used to be this way." She says, "Why do you focus on the bad things?" I was like, "Why do you act like they aren't there?" Fair. That complacency, that that willingness to ignore what is going on around you is destructive. It's more destructive than focusing. I mean, I, I can tell you that there are there days I wish I didn't know. Are there days that I wish I had never opened that box? Yeah, sometimes. But now that I know, I can prepare. Now that I know, I can understand how many times after a situation has someone been like, I wish someone had told me. Like, you can't just ignore it and hope it goes away. You, it's a lot of people want to live in this glass bubble, this, this biosphere, this terrarium. There we go. Well, it says the time for waking people up. I, I, and I'm going to paraphrase. The time for waking people up has ended. It has passed. At this point, it is about preparing and equipping those that were actually awake when you gave them the warning. And I wanted to fight that. I wanted to be the guy that sat here and woke up a bunch of people and carried them across the finish line. And at this point, I realized that you cannot throw pearls before swine. If they're not ready to wake up, then I have to let them fall behind. I just have to rest and know, or I have to find peace in the fact that I had warned them and give them opportunities and resources to be better, to survive what's coming. And if they don't want to take it, then there's nothing I can do to change that. But for those of you who sit silent, for those of you who are quiet about your beliefs, I want you to understand that when you're worried that someone will offend you. Your beliefs are not what matter to you. You can say here, you come and come after me and you can come after Tyr because you think that we're jaded assholes, that you think that we're these evil people and, you know, fuck your feelings type of people. And we are. I, I don't want to take that away. But, but when you get offended at that, just remember that we know that our beliefs are important to us. You do not. But you would rather care about what people think about you. When you stand up for what is right and true, you receive both hate and love. And I tell this one to tear a lot, don't I? <laughs> that you receive both hate and love. But everyone will know exactly where you stand and exactly what you're fighting for. You may not like my politics. You may not like the way I handle things. You may not like Tears' interpretation of a situation. But you never, ever, ever 
have to fucking question whose side we're on. Who we're fighting for. We're loyal as fuck. And if you betray us, you become our enemy. What's that? Uh, we've got two mottos, or I've got two mottos. Uh, one is, I hope you brought a condom because I'm going to raw dog your feelings. And the other one is, you're either on my side, by my side, or in my fucking way. Yep. And I'm sorry, at this particular point, I mean, you either... You're either on my side or you're the enemy. It doesn't it, it doesn't matter at this point. When it comes we had this discussion the other night when we did the live and we were talking about survival and we were playing the uh the game conflicted and I told people that it comes down to it's us or them and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure us is the one that wins. Yeah. And we play the game like we play the conflicted game and people may not necessarily like how fast we answer, but we know exactly where we stand. And it's yeah. easy for us to decide. I was going to say, you're right about that, though. I'm an asshole, but you'd never have to question where I stand. I pretty, pretty much know. <laughs> but it's, it's like I said in that one video, it's like, you know, look for the assholes. Look for those people that are, are considered extremists or just, you know, hardliners because you know where they stand you know what they're going to do you can depend and count on that yep my father used to tell me he says uh, if you're ever in a situation and shooting breaks out look for the person that's very calm and standing by the fence because he's about to cut loose and sort it out yeah I have a I have a special video for you offline oh no <laughs> Only because if if I play it on the podcast, they will come and say hello. So, <laughs> <laughs> is this gonna be one of those that sends me into one of my uh, another morning of I choose violence? Oh no no no! But you'll contact your uh, your uh, welder friend to make you some. Just say it. Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, I'm Odin. This is Tia, and we'll see you hopefully on another episode of Winter's Call podcast. Thank <laughs> you.